It's two inches, but it's thick. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Podcasts about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Building, Colton of Cold Crick, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. In this week's episode, we kick off the new year with a bang. We share our shop goals for 2024. Colton nearly loses a digit. Jess gets trolled hard, and Ross agrees to build a $5,000 coffee table. All of that and more is coming right up on this episode of the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Now for episode 39, the Temple of Doom. Very good. The Temple of Doom. So this is actually one of the first action movies that I know a lot about. Nice. Like, uh, well, yeah, like, just yeah, it. growing up, Indiana Jones, that was our jam, baby. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is I a just classic. watched it. Ashley had never seen it. We just watched it again. The Last yeah. Crusade is still my favorite, the one with Sean Connery. But yeah, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with any of them. They're all great. The yeah. there was the Crystal one... Skull one, the number four was a little eh. eh uh, yeah. You talking talk about the uh, the the recent stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, have you ever seen the trilogy. South Park? Have you seen the South Park episode uh, making fun of the the latest Indiana Jones movies? I have not. It, it, it's not it's not PC or pleasant ah. even at all. But. Okay. <laughs> The last last one was you good. Know, you know. I liked it. <laughs> yes, the most recent one was pretty solid. It, it wrapped up in the last like two minutes where I was like, Meh. Yeah. but outside of that, I thought overall it was a really well done movie. The one before yeah. that, I was like, it was good up until the last five minutes. So, oh well. <sighs> so well. So, yeah. All, so all I remember is the uh, the hooker. Uh, they ripped the guy's heart out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So was that, we, was, was that Temple of Doom or was that the? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, okay, Raiders of the Lost Ark was a different one. Temple of Doom yeah. is with the the heart ripping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, not to change the subject, but did you get my TikTok post today? I did. I saw that you tried <laughs> resawing. Freaking beast saw. Yeah, blade. So that is I a was beefy so, saw blade. That is a beefy, scary saw blade. Dude, and you weren't kidding, man. And so it's just the it's the same issue like this so the saw the the fence started to move. It was such a heavy board and I was pushing so hard it ah. started to move and that's why it screwed up. And then really after it started I, like, out pretty solid. Yeah, well, if what you didn't see is that that sliver was like an eighth of an inch at most thick, which is useless yeah. to me. So uh, after well I face right, I face jointed them, and then some of those by the time I face jointed them were already at an inch and a half. By the time I got it, because they were so it's so long, you got like almost yeah. over nine feet, and an yeah. average over nine feet, I lost over a half inch. So um, I have it now, and then I didn't have the nice little bandsaw like you were talking about fingerboard. They make this one that's like yeah. a silicone rubber flap deal. Mm-hmm. It didn't come in till today, so I was kind of making do. I, okay. My old bandsaw was really crappy with the fence. I had to like clamp clamp it when you were going to put a lot of pressure because it would slide no matter how hard you clamped it. Yeah, so this one's not that bad, but I mean that I am so sore from like my obliques from like pushing those through the joiner today. Yep. Uh, fingers had to help me like had to help me like push them and pick them up and like go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
and um, I'm wore out. I mean, I was gassed. <laughs> By one thirty, yeah. we were finally done face joining all that stuff and and planing most of it. And one of them was so checked under the like I couldn't see it. Really? That that was actually the one that I bandsawed. Okay. So they must have dried it too fast or it was too mm. wet or something, you know. It was useless. Like I was too scared to make anything out of it. But really? it's interesting okay. red oak because yeah. some of it really looks very white. Very white. It even looked like a cedar when you were resawing it. Yeah. It's, it looks, but it's just got that very slight tint of red in there. Yeah. I'm assuming they didn't miscategorize it, but it, I'm pretty sure That's it's all the hope oak. anyway. Well, right. uh, I used to have that struggle with uh, with Crystal, like um, putting her through the bandsaw. Oh, what was it? We we were gonna build like this huge uh, stovetop covers. You know, we've made a few stovetop yeah. covers, and we'll do like a resin inlay on it, and feet on the sides, and etc. But um, we we're doing one for her aunt a few years ago, and she was so stubborn that it couldn't be red oak. And they they wanted the oak grain, and we had to go white oak. And um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. It, which red oak is funny. Sometimes it is a lot more of the pink. red. Yeah, it a could, lot more of the pink, and then could, sometimes it's not at all. Well, but, it could be too that like after it's been all milled, like if I let it sit, maybe it would start to pink up a little bit. Some of the tannins start like to bleed dark out. And maybe brown. Yeah, like yeah, that walnut maybe. did that. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but I know it's going to be some heavy tabletops. Two are 108 by 29, and two are 104 by 29. Very an inch nice. Inch and a half, inch and a half, inch and seven sixteenths or so. But I emptied the dust collector three times today. Nice. So that was that was nice. I wanted oh, to wow. resaw it so bad, Ross. I I really wanted to. I was like, I'm, you know, he's got a point. <laughs> I'm going to have these half inch like slides, and they're going to be like rough sawn on one side. But I mean, when you don't get to pick your boards. Yeah. From the lumber mill, you just get footage. What they give you. Right. Yep. And like it was split on some ends, but I only paid yeah. like three dollars and eighty-three cents, seventy-three cents a board foot for eight quarter, you know? Okay. And then the four quarter Wait, was a, like eight quarter quarter red oak? Red oak. Mm-hmm. Okay. That doesn't seem like a super good deal. N- normally no, your deals are like a super deal. At least twenty five percent less than what I'm getting. But that one doesn't seem that great of a deal. Well, the, I mean, like, the, it seemed like a good good deal. The but. four quarter was only two dollars and sixty cents, I think. Hmm. Rough sawn, but you mean uh, board foot or linear foot? I mean, or board linear. foot. Everything's board foot. Everything board foot. Okay. Everything's board foot. So, and then they're all twelve footers. So the way the really easiest way to figure it out is every half of an inch is a board foot, right? Because it, it's two inches thick. So every half inch width is a board foot. It's two inches, but it's thick. But it's thick, right? It's the girth <laughs> that we're talking about. <laughs> That's right. So oh. Oh, I, one other thing I want to touch on before we go into like what we're doing and everything. Mm. So um, we paid to boost a like advertisement for our classes. Yeah. You guys saw it, I think. And it's reaching <sighs> quite a lot of people. They are like going ape snot over like that girl not using some sort of push thing. And I'm like, it's a 10 inch wide board. What does she need a push stick for? And first of all, second of all, like, you know, to some people that's more cumbersome to like have to hold all that when you're new. And third yep. of all, this girl, you should see the woodwork in her house. She did it all herself. She was very comfortable. And I said, you can use the push stick if you feel comfortable. And she's like, 
pushed it through. She was nervous being on camera, but they are like going, people are going to lose their fingers. And like, it's just, it is just like out of control. But whatever. Haters are going to hate. Haters are going to hate. Hey, well, I'm not a hater, but I do have an unpopular opinion right now. Okay. I I did see that video. And my first reaction, because you kind of lead off with her pushing this board which granted she does have like what eight inches six inches yes of board between the fence and her and the blade Mm -hmm. but i my first reaction was like oh they're including this shot because it'll get reactions from people because you know uh the the internet police are very the internet safety oh i've I've learned are very are very Mm -hmm. stiff on that which i mean Involvement is involvement. Okay, so this whether it's negative or positive, this is the problem with it, right? In my opinion, it's safer, safer if it's a wider board to use your hand because you have more control, and you're especially if she's got one hand all the way up against the fence. If you notice, correct, than it is to use a push stick which has this much coverage. You have much more control with your hand, especially if you get. once you get about five inches of width and beyond, it's safer yes. to use your hand. You just have to make sure your thumb is tucked I, in. I tell you what, tomorrow yeah. you take a board that's 10 inches wide and just push it through with a push stick and see how comfortable and how much control you feel like, especially for it wanting to pop up because it was a hardwood. Yep, It's not safe. It's just like wearing gloves. You'd think you should wear gloves, but you shouldn't wear gloves because if you did, you'd better to cut your end of your finger off than suck your whole hand in. We talked yeah, about mm-hmm. that today with a joiner. So I don't want to get into that. You know, I just am kind of, I said one thing from my personal post on there and that one guy shut up. But like, if I had done it with a push stick, let's say somebody would have said, Oh, well, it's safer to use your hand in this case. Like it would just go, you know, there's always somebody that's got something to say. Well, but that's, that's what happens when 7,000 yeah. people see it, right? Yep. As yeah. opposed to 300. So yep. I will I will say that it is a good idea for it to look very safe in a class situation. And we should have picked uh, it. And some people did use a push stick. Um, we just used her because she's actually the customer that is – uh, the designer lady that has like done a bunch of woodwork and stuff like that. Oh, really? And, yeah. she, and I was cool. like, they're push, they're, what you can't see in the pictures, there's push sticks all sitting next to them. And mm. I said, I told everyone, if you feel comfortable, like if you've used a table saw before, you can use the push stick, of course. And I said, but if you feel, more, you know, however's most comfortable for you, so you don't feel like you're afraid. And so some people did use them and some people did it. The kid, I had him use a push stick, right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't want to get into that with all those people. Um, and I think it was either coffee said in a podcast one time or Petrie or Daniel, one of them said, if you don't know how to do something, do it wrong on the internet and the internet will tell you <laughs> what the right way to do it is right. Cause everybody's oh, opinion. Man. Yeah. So, well, uh, oh, Daniel over on another woodshop podcast, he, uh, just recently did that with a, a typo on his whiskey smokers. He, uh, he spelled it. He lasered all these whiskey, did like a big batch <laughs> and uh, made a video of it. And, um, he spelled whiskey without an E. And, so uh, the, wh- hold on, hold on purposefully. N- I mean, no, 
No. Oh. <laughs> so, hold on. He is not wrong. There are two different types of ways to spell whiskey, and it all depends on where the the whiskey derived from. Mm-hmm. So, if if whiskey comes from Scotland as far as heritage, so i.e. Scotch whiskey, Japanese whiskey, Canadian whiskey, those all started from Scottish roots. Those are spelled with no E. If it started in Ireland, American whiskey, Irish whiskey, bourbon, um, most other world whiskeys, that is spelled with an E. But he is not wrong to spell it without the E. It's just all what he calls home. When we I did guess. the website, exactly. I had the spot in there for moldings and trim, like one mm-hmm. of the collections of things that you could purchase. And I'm like, hmm, I'm pretty sure it's spelled M-O-U-L-D-I-N-G-S. Mm-hmm. And then then there was like some of my books said M-O-L-D-I-N-G-S. And so I finally Googled it. And the, with the U is European spelling. Yeah. Right. Which is really? still considered correct. Yep. Yeah, but Canadians oh, no, do it, it too. Yeah, but M O L D I N G S is It's is like spelling color with a U. Right. Uh, or cookies, or cookie. I think the word cookie too can be spelled two ways. I E or or K Y, I forget. There's one of those words like that. If you hmm. look it up in the dictionary, you can spell oh. it either way. So. Cookie with a Y seems very wrong. It does me. seem weird. That that's, it does that's seem not weird. right. I, I get leaving the E out or adding a U to color, but Cookie with a Y? No, thank you. Hmm. Okay. Hey, so speaking of your TikTok, though, Jess, um, I made a comment maybe, what, three hours ago on your uh, your New Year's video? Yeah. And uh, where you start off, uh, it's like your New Year's wrap-up, right? With the screw- screwdriver? Yeah, when you start off, like, like blowing the uh, – you have the, the screwdriver suspended via your air compressor. Air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, – I gave a leadoff comment, hoping that you would. Oh, I haven't seen like it. do do one of those things where you like have the comment like in the post. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like a post responding to a comment, and mm-hmm. see how long you can do it. You think you could do it for 30 seconds? Uh, I could do it for like 10 minutes. It was it was super easy. So I saw that on the what? No way! You should, you should do guy. it live. Unless that he, guy? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And he saw it, and I was like, what? "Get out of here!" No and I was way. like, "What?" No way. So I got the air compressor and I did it. I was like, look at this, Dave, look. And then he's like, oh, I got to film this. So then he filmed me doing it. And that that's like when he first started. That's like old. Yeah. 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 For it's, freak's sake. Oh, for, yeah. No, no way. way. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, you up for it? I could do it for a minute. If if you can do it for 10 minutes, then let's the do same it. Size screwdriver? I mean, the same size screwdriver? Whatever size you want, well, man. No, Whatever you can keep really up easy. there, dude. Well, I can change the pressure, and I, I, I don't believe you can do it for ten minutes, man. Ten minutes? You, My you arm said, would be tired after ten. You minutes. said ten minutes. You said. I said a minute. No, you said ten minutes. Okay, I probably could do it for ten minutes, but you could roll back the tape. We could see it. Could you focus that much? Drink a big old Mountain Dew right before that. No way. Get real focused up. No way. No way. I for don't know. Is that, a, is that a challenge? Can you do it for 10 minutes in one second? Can you yeah. do it? You, well, you can press I, I, I've never tried. I've never even tried it. It's unbelievable how easy it is. It's really weird. It's really <laughs> weird. If you do, you have, to like, spin, do you have to like spin it mm-hmm. before you start spraying mm-hmm. the air? It just does it. It's so weird. 
It's so weird. And it just like finds its like perfect little spot. Huh. Jess, I'm, I'm challenging you to do this. We need this. the gauntlet need has been <clears throat> dropped. So I think that's a great idea. So uh, on that note of time, do you guys want to hear? We were talking about this before the podcast started about my little total nerd out, blow your head thing about time. We do. Yeah, we dude. Do. Is it too early for this? I think no, it is. Let, let, lay it on me, brother. So, all right, let's start with this. The reason that I thought about it is because Colton um, mentioned at the end of the podcast, last podcast, we were talking about like, you know, things we learned oh, in the, the year. 30 minutes. And he was just like the value yeah. of time, like time is so short. And he's like, you get busy and then like the day's over. Like it's like, bam, like every day starts to get like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had heard this before, but it just so happens that I heard about, I heard it again. I listened to this other podcast for total geeks called, um, the total geek podcast. No, it's called, uh, <laughs> now I won't be able to remember the name of it. It's with, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist guy. It's called yeah. star talk. Yep. Mind blown. And so to, I, and I will keep this as quick as possible. If you want to listen to it, it's under their burning questions. One's like two questions ago. It was actually one of the other hosts asked him this question, but to put it in a nutshell, it has to do with the theory of relativity as far as space and time. But to explain the point, time is not a constant. And it, to, to explain it simply, years ago, this was back in the 70s or 80s, Pan Am and some scientists did a experiment. And you know an atomic clock is like exceptionally accurate, right? Correct. Down yeah. to like nanoseconds. They took an atomic clock on the tarmac and put the, another atomic clock next to it, and they are exactly the same time. Okay. They took one of those clocks and put it in the airplane and flew it at you know 550 miles an hour for a few hours and brought it back, and the time in the Pan Am clock was behind the clock on the uh, tarmac. On the tarmac? Huh. Satellites in space are in a different gravitational pull and also going like, who God knows, 12,000, 20,000 miles an hour. And they have to adjust to the time that they receive from the satellites because their time is going slower than the time of the clock on Earth. So time has to do with gravity? Time has to, can be affected by, by movement Gravity, and there was one other thing. I forget what he said. But basically, as closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time stops at the speed of light. So in other words, if you were a photon that emitted from a star 30 million years ago, and you're just now seeing it, to that photon, it just left instantaneously. There is no elapse of time. And so they said he explained it like a graph, right? So let's say Colton... So, so you've got a graph. One is time, and one is space. We'll call it space or 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 distance, right? Yeah. Okay. At it, at it, like an L. Can you kind of see what yeah. I'm picturing? The axis and your y axis. Right. Exactly. So Colton is a lazy butt, right? He's sitting on the couch and he's eating <laughs> potato chips, and this is how he explains it. Why am he's, I lazy butt? He's I don't know. He's not. He's <laughs> not moving, right? 
Okay. So his time axis is moving, right? Because time's still going forward as far Correct. as light and everything is concerned. It's still moving forward. But his space one is not. Okay. Right? So it's just going straight. Then imagine, let's say, uh, an Olympic, that kayaker guy we had on, right? Yep. Ryan so, Cochran. Yeah, Ryan Cochran. He is going quick. He's moving fast, right? He's a, he's a quick goer. And he's going, and so his is kind of like in an angle because time is moving forward for him, but he's also moving through space. So it's like at an angle. Like a 45. He would have to slow down in order to match up with the speed that of Colton, right? And so that's what they, that's the simplest way that they try to explain it. You should listen to it. He explains it quite simply. So, yes, part of it is human perception, right? You get busy doing something and you're you're moving and time goes by fast but i have like this theory kind of like slash caveat to it that it's also a scientific fact that if you're moving time goes is your your time seems to move faster time flies when you're having fun time flies when you're having fun. actually the other thing that he was talking about is like so down to like really really exact so, like, uh, by the way, Space Force owns and takes control of the um, our GPS systems now, which I thought was interesting. It was hey, the Air Force, fun. and now it's the Space Force, right? <laughs> Not the Postal Service. But anyway, so the at the equator, like, the Earth is, is, is not a perfect sphere. It's an oblate spheroid, as they would call it. But actually— so it's slightly fatter around the middle. Uh, well, right— but in actuality, in very, very finite terms, it's actually fatter at the bottom underneath the equator. It's almost pear-shaped. It's and got so, a poopa. Yeah, so they, they, <laughs> they have – these satellites are calculating – these satellites are calculating your GPS coordinates, but it depends at where you are on the Earth – because it's a farther distance. You could be at a fatter part. You could be at a skinnier part. It's not necessarily calculating it versus on a spear. So it has to know exactly where you are to calculate. Ex- and it's not so important for us, like when we're driving, right? Because like, you see the house, you don't need the exact address anymore. But to the military, Correct. when they're trying to bomb some guy and they bomb the wrong door down. They need that exact v- address. Yes. So, oh my gosh, I just listened to that episode. I was like, man, this is like so freaking cool. So, uh, yeah, so time is not a constant thing. It depends on gravitational pull. It depends on your movement through space and so on and so forth. So, As they say, time flies like an arrow and fruit flies like a banana. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was a slow sitter for me, but I get it now. I got it. (laughs) So anyway, that was my nerd out for the minute. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, Jess, I got one more thing for you. So, um, you know, you're talking about your ads for your your class. I think that you should do a video um, promoting the class that is to the theme of the office, right? You know the do do do. Like like the the whole theme song. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like The Office. And um, but like and then like show you like like about to chop down your your miter saw and like turn and look at 
the camera. And, you know, and then so there's Ash, a like, sitcom, at, at her desk. A sitcom intro? Yes. Yes. That's interesting. I was picturing mm-hmm. that with The Office. And like, making, it, making it all seem very approachable. And make it seem very, like, friendly. And, um, like, also that you have a sense of humor. And, yeah. Come on in, and uh, like I could like do the chop saw, but you don't see it, and you see blood come up, and then like the next thing, I'm like waving, and I'm like, you know, like hi, like this. Oh yeah. Jesus, no, that's not, <laughs> I was not talking about that. No, <laughs> I, when we were making other it, other direction, was, Jess, other direction. When we were making it, and I was like, this is almost a little sitcommy, but I like it. So, oh yeah, no, no, I, I I love the one you had. I, I just had the idea that maybe the office one would be good too, but. That's Very nice. I just wanted to feed that your way. See what I got to get some of those glasses. Like, what's his name? Yeah. Dwight. Schrute. Yeah, Dwight. Schrute. Yes. I like it. Oh, oh, you should totally make fingers, Dwight. Yes. Yeah, get him the glasses <laughs> and like, make him comb his hair down. Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, man. Uh, so, boys, we have now entered 2024. That's right. In 24 minutes. That's right. In 24 minutes, which is fantastic. And what I wanted to see is we had talked about, uh, obviously, some hopes and goals for this year. But uh, one of the things that Colton brought up is kind of some goals individually for each of us for this year for our shops. And I I didn't know if we could kind of quickly go through these and see where things are at. and, And hopefully we can catch back up on these and see where we're at midway through the year. Oh, you yeah. guys ready to try th- some things out? Sure. Oh, yeah. Of All course. right. Who yeah. wants to start it? Colton I'll start it. it. I'll eat it All off, right. man. Um, so, I mean, number one goal, uh, which, granted, this is this, this goal includes a ton of different, like, small little bits to it. But as an overall goal, I just want to get normal, like, normal and healthy as far as the business goes. Right. Like I I want to be having like reliable, expected order flow coming through my shop. No more of this huge boom, huge bust, like chaotic mindset. Like, um, yeah, I I can't look for the way slate. Would the way to do that be kind of just pre-making things you think will sell and then putting them up once they're available? Um, so I, I don't think, at least with our current, like line lines right now, um, I think we'll still keep everything custom, but, um, just be able to do it more responsibly Okay, and like actually have our Google calendar or our smart sheets or whatever calendar worked out and not just open it up to Spotify and TikTok to sell as much as we can at one time, you know, that's an idea. And okay. yeah, so that, All right. that's my first goal. So, um, yeah, I think we talked about having three. Well, um, we did. Yeah. My other two have to do with the podcast actually though. Um, what do you got? So I'm still working on it, man. It, so Riverside, which is who we record with, um, is supposed to be able to make clips and stuff. And I'm having a lot of trouble doing it. Um, so, I mean, that, that is kind of short term, but I, I do hope to be having like some like short, like 
mostly looking towards like the Instagram reels or in, okay. uh, which that, that will go towards TikTok and Facebook as well. But yep. like having like some small, like chewable content that we have on here, like, like just take like the highlights, the funny stuff and yeah. put it online for people. Like, um, I, I think people would really enjoy that. I and agree. And then also, uh, I hope by this time next year, we have a sponsor as well. Hey, I'd that'd like be to, fun. I'd like to be, I'd like to be, I'd like to be there, man. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be cool as hell. So I like it. Jess, what do you got? Or do you want me to go? Uh, I can go. <clears throat> uh, my goals for next year are kind of the same as they've been. Uh, I would like to have another employee at some point or the necess- necessity, of course, but another good employee next this year at some point. Okay. Um, I'd like to get it where we're selling at least a couple things a week on our website, okay. one or the other. We, we got it on Etsy on our website and on uh, the cabinet website. And I would like to, um, I would like to get to where we are doing like one kitchen or at least a ba- a good bathroom or one built in a week that those that's our, that's like our goal, you know, that then I'll feel really comfortable about the money then I'll feel comfortable about hiring somebody. Then I'll feel comfortable about breaking off and like doing some more things because we've actually had quite a few people come to the website, but it's not converting, you know, because they don't want what we have and that you have to have a lot of different things to peak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's, it's a long, long, long process of building up that inventory and building up, you know, things. And, you know, at this point when we make something, if I feel like something that we can knock out in a few days, um, if it's for like a friend or if it's for a customer or something, uh, we put it on the website to sell and okay. then I'll actually just build it. And, oh, oh, here's my biggest goal. This is my short term goal. All that furniture that I made to sell it. There you go. Get rid of that stuff. I mean, we've got it on Etsy at 50% off. Somebody bought a side table, but I just cannot seem to get rid of it. And I thought it was so beautiful, but people just don't. I have another are you, friend. Are you part of that mid-century modern group? Yes. In the area? Yes. And people aren't doing it still? No. No, they mm. want the old stuff. And I... Oh, I, hey, hey, can I, can I interrupt, interrupt right yes. there? Yes. Ross, we should do a competition. Uh, wait, Jess, you can ship those for not too much, right? Um, The size ship is about 40 bucks. To Houston and Chicago? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's like we shipped that side table to North Carolina and it was 40 bucks, 48 bucks. Okay. Uh, maybe we should get in the competition, me and you, Ross, so you, so you can sell more of Jess's furniture. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Ten, wait, wait, hey, Ross, with all your spare time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. See, realistic goals should be a goal, too. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Okay. It was. It, it was off top of the noggin after coming out. It seems a little I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm you you gotta hear my my goals as well before we jump into taking over Jess's goals. That's right. Ten four. Okay. But that's that's pretty much my goals. I mean the furniture there's a huge problem in society, and I don't even know if it's a problem, but 
a, a trait in society right now is people don't care about quality like they used to and, no. and throw away Things furniture. And, and I can't compete with, you know, the Philippines and Vietnam and, and all that making actually pretty good furniture, quality furniture for nothing. Mm-hmm. Even how they even ship it over here. I like, I don't even, doesn't even make any sense. Cause they pay uh, them like $2 an hour well, and right. they fill up a tanker tr- or a uh, shipping course. container. And that's well, how it brings it all down. Yeah. And, and then of course, I mean like restoration hardware will sell a table for three or $4,000 and they probably paid like three or 400 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. They and, add a zero to it. Yeah. And, and I will eventually, you know, if anything now, I think our goal, so we're going to give a whole set away at a gala for hospice. Yep. And that to us is great because then we can link on our website that we're, you know, supporting a, a, a company. hundred um, percent. I'm excited about making that thing for habitat. The woodworking classes aren't selling. So we might just do another, keep doing free ones once in a while, you know, just okay. to get people in there and make connections with people and all. Cause it seems to create, I mean, we got a couple jobs out of this one. So yeah, yeah. that last one, it paid for itself. Right. Just not go. 10, not 10 people do like five. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Actually the other thing you should do on that is uh, I know this sounds strange, but the amount of retired retirees who are down in greater Tampa who would love to get into just woodworking classes, but you have to advertise to where those gentlemen typically would be. Um, so obviously some golf courses, some other spots, but like I have met countless, uh, newly retired gentlemen who are like, dude, I would love to be able to come to your, your shop and just take classes from you. Interesting. You'll have to help me brainstorm places where we should advertise. American Legion sent us a thing after we tried to offer them a free class. Yeah. They wanted us to pay to be on their little screen at the American Legion, $300 to put our ad on there. And I don't think that'll get us $300 in revenue. I don't, but no. Um, anyway, but yeah, so those are my goals. I just, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to start doing more things, but I don't have any time. Like I milled yeah. wood all day today. And then we loaded mm-hmm. up the trailer for our installation tomorrow, which is going to take all day. I installed yeah. a door on Tuesday. It took all day because, of course, I forgot something. And, you know, it's like it's just the way As it goes. It does. Yeah. So hey, Jess, can, I, can I oppose you for a sec, man? I uh, been the theme. So one, one thing I don't want to I don't want to sound preachy, man. But <clears throat> honestly, but you're going to sound preachy. Yes. I never say I don't have time. I say I haven't made time because you, you make time for things that are a priority. Right. And I, 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 I and I'm not saying that it's even possible, but yeah, this this is true. It You do make times for the things right. You push some things to the side, but we're pretty um, we are pretty. Uh, Stretch them maxed out as far no, as no, 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 no. I was gonna say, uh, what's the word? Um, like calendar driven, right? So if I yeah. tell a customer X day, I am there on X day at X time, yeah. and um, that requires me to. I mean, I'm helping Ashley with the website stuff, I've got stuff for the owner that he wants us to do sometimes. We're still adding things to the shop here and there. And then like woods coming in, we're unloading that. Like there's just, and then I get home at six o'clock and I left the house at six o'clock. 
You know what I mean? There just yeah. isn't any more time. And I move quick. I'm moving pretty quick. So mm-hmm. yes, it is true. But that's what that's why I'm saying that, Colton, and, and I agree with you. Like none of these things have to be done right now, right? But they are goals. So in order for me to accomplish those, these other things have to be taken care of by somebody else. And yeah. I, you know, oversee them. And then and then I will make time for them. I mean, I have, I did. I spent time with the laser the other day. Like, you know, we had like, we're waiting for the wood to come in. Like, what's the best use of my time right this minute? So we did a couple things. But yeah, you, you do have to make time. And, and I just, I also don't want to get burnt out. I don't want to be there 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be there 12 because I'm not going to like it anymore. And then if I don't like it, then that's, that's no bueno. And yeah. I, at this point, I still like it. So I don't know. Like I'm watching these guys that are like real big on TikTok and stuff. I don't know when they find time to do all that. I mean, they're at, it's it. I'm I'm looking at 10:54 p.m. my time. They're going live, and I'm yeah. thinking you were just working all day in the shop. You posted all day. It's it's a lot of work. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work. But they yep. reap all the benefits from all that. I don't. I still, yeah. at the end of the day, just work for someone. Yeah. So. Uh, so my goals for this year, uh, I got three main ones. Number one, work smarter, not harder, because I always seem to find the most difficult way to do something <laughs> because yeah. I feel like it's going to be the right way. And I try and find efficiencies where I can, but it's something I need I need to be conscious of is just keep working smarter because it's a time saver, it's a money saver is the big thing. And just try and be focused on that. Number two for me is work safer and more efficiently. And one of the things that I have noticed is there's a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, Colton's <laughs> holding up his cut finger. <laughs> I literally at least once every other week am cutting myself and bleeding all over pieces and <laughs> just it's it's stupid stuff. Like the the built-in seating area that I'm making right now, I literally pinched my hand in when I was closing up um one of the joints. I pinched my hand in there and was like, oh, that kind of hurt. Didn't mm. think anything of it. And as I'm sanding, I'm like, why are there red spots? Like, where is this coming <laughs> no. from? And I was like, oh, God, I'm bleeding all over the piece. And it was just a little dab, but, like, it kept showing up. And it's it's to the point where I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I, you know, cut my hand open or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I got to be conscious about working safer. Nobody ever gets mad about being safe. So, um, still having all of my appendages as I move forward and try and be more efficient is better. And last but not least, I am going to make a conscious effort to make more entry level products for customers to buy. One of the big things I had, uh, feedback wise from quite a few people over the holiday season is a lot of people wanted to buy stuff from me, but all of my products were out of their price range for gift giving and little stuff. And I realized I haven't batched out cutting boards in three or four years. I haven't made trivets in a while. Like if you look at my website, 
the least expensive thing is a hundred to $150 and up. And I have some stuff that's five, 10 grand and that's all well and good, but you're not going to sell a five or $10,000 piece every week. It's the little stuff that can be the bread and butter. As somebody discussed before on this podcast, that is the entry level. Somebody can't drop 250 bucks on a cutting board. That's really high end, but they can spend 40 or 50 bucks on a set of display risers or some coasters or a charcuterie board or whatever it is. Right. And just keep it simple. So right. I need to do a better job of once again, working more efficiently to then batch stuff out. My problem I typically do is my wife will say, Hey, I need a cutting board. And then I will make one cutting board and it's not efficient to make one cutting board. If you're mm -hmm. doing it, you should make at least five or six. And that way you're cutting down your time per board because you're doing the same repetitive cuts and repetitive actions. Mm -hmm. So that gets back to working smarter, not harder. And that's the way I can, I already have a couple ideas as to what I want to make that are simple kind of decor things around the house that still have that home, home made thing, you know, feel, but I want to incorporate the laser into them as well. Just little things that can add on, you know, and be an entry level piece for people, especially as the economy is, is kind of coming down right now, people can't drop, you know, five grand on the table, but they can drop 50 bucks on a set of display risers or something. So, yeah, but you, say, Oh, you got it, Justin. Well, I was just going to say, you know, in retrospect, we made all that furniture and I made a bunch of it. And my greatest fear was that I would make it and then people would like it. And then I'd have to make more and like, it would be late and all that stuff. Have yep. you, and I really shouldn't have done that. I should have just made one set and then saw and potentially it was made it potentially made it out of different types of wood. So there was examples. Could, could have been, yes. could have been. Yeah. Like there's a lot of different ways, you know, it's retrospect, but if I could go back, I would have just made one set mm -hmm. and then saw what sold you know, and then, and, and then go then, from there and then go from there. Have you thought about that with some of that small stuff? Like just make one or maybe two. Yes. But yes. And see if it's uh, going to sell and then go make five or six. Yes. The hard part is trying Time. to figure out what the pricing would be based off of one versus five. Mm -hmm. Well, base your pricing off of one and then sell it for five. I don't know. Yes, that's all well and good, but my pricing is based on one right now on my website, and that's why it's all a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars plus. Ah, right. Uh, yeah. So, so you actually value your time. You're damn right. I value my time. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I, I just undersell everything and sell a lot. I have, I have <laughs> come to this realization. Me and Ashley were talking uh, about this on the ride in the other day. Uh, somebody was asking us about something, and I'm like, you know, that's not. Like we have a certain amount per day we're trying to make, and mm -hmm. that's not going to be that amount per day, but that's better than zero that day. Correct. Right? And, yeah. and because losing all of your money versus losing just some of your money per day, you know, with carrying costs and all that other stuff is, mm -hmm. is, and it also creates, like you guys are always talking about, it creates avenues for other things from other people and, mm -hmm. or more things from the same person and so on and so forth. So we're really thinking about those things lately. Uh, yeah. Hey, y'all would be proud of me. I actually did that the other day. Um, 
well, you know, like leading up to Christmas, like a lot of people reach out about random stuff. Right. And yep. a lot of like custom projects. And I, in the past, I've always just thrown them a low ball number because mostly just because I wanted to do it. And, yeah. um, but this last year I, um, when I would give pricing on like a random thing, I would think, would this take me more than a day to do? And if it would, then I, I, w- I would include however many days, but then I broke out how much I wanted to make in a year and then uh, broke that out into how much I want to make per day to make that mm-hmm. number per year. And uh, if it was something that was going to take me a whole day, I would, I'd char- I'd send them that price. And um, I had how many of them more- said yes. I had a few more no's than I expected. Uh, okay, and uh, but you still got yes, great because I'm not giving stuff away for free, you know, correct or, or at cost, if you will, and uh, which yeah. I am very guilty of in the past. And so mm-hmm. it was a big growing, big growing moment for me. As, aside from our cabinet stuff, you know, because that's kind of a set price. But the way that I have been figuring things lately, and it seemed to have been working, because it weeds out the people that think they're getting something for free. Like they think you're going to mm-hmm. make like a three day project for $300, right? That have no idea how much things cost versus the people that really want something. And then be like, Oh, that's just like, could you do it for this? And it's just like a little bit less. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it for that. So I basically figure out my materials. And when I say I figure out my materials, I mean, not just the amount, like say board foot that they're buying, the amount of board feet that I have to buy. Plus I figure it at like, mm-hmm national costs not what i pay for it right mm-hmm. and then i mark that up 20 percent. plus we we're the sales tax and because we have to pay sales tax on that material eventually yep. and then multiply times three and that have is you guys seen the made for profit um pricing no guide? you know you've talked about it before i will send it to both of you because it has drastically changed how i take a look at pricing you literally plug in every material down to screws dominoes whatever you're going to need and you see your actual cost and then you put in what your time is worth how many hours you think it's going to be what you would pay yourself and then from there you see okay this is your overall cost this is what your markup would be this is how it all works it's it's about as simple as it gets but you'd be surprised how much you're undervaluing yourself. Now, I'm not saying the triple your overall materials is a bad way to go. As you said, you're figuring it based on national pricing versus yours. That's going to get you real close to where it should be. Right. But um, to your point, I, that customer who I was going to make the custom coffee table for, and I kind of threw a highball number out there and he was like, Ooh, I, I had gone radio silent for a while. I heard back from him on New Year's Eve and he was like, Hey, we had some stuff come up. It's going to be a little bit, but our price, we can't go over 5,000. Is there a chance we could make it work for that? And I was like, yeah, what we'll kind of, co- wait, 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 wait. You're making over a $5,000 coffee table. The guy wants a colonial style coffee table with multiple drawers to be that are all hand cut dovetails. Uh, he wants it inlaid with some things. He wants okay. it done in a very specific way. Uh, and he wants uh curly maple, two inch thick curly maple at the top. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're at, you know, $1,500, $1,800 in materials minimum. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So well by the done. time I put all that'll, that, that'll do it. But at yeah. the same token, I had thrown him a price that was like fifty eight hundred dollars, and he was like, a little like more two, than we wanted to spend. Over two weeks, anyway, isn't it? Oh, it'll take me a while. Like I don't yeah. build anything quickly, obviously. <laughs> so uh, I'm interested to see that. That's going to be something. Yeah. Now the the big thing for me to getting back to Colton's suggestion of helping you sell some stuff. Um, my day job is taking another step forward, which is great. Uh, but it means I'm going to be on the road almost 50% of the time. And oh, so that, that that's a lot, my, man. I, I, had, I had a girlfriend once who uh, took on a job that was 50%, like a hard 50%. And yeah, I've done it before. You're gone. I've done more. She's gone. You're gone. Yeah. Damn, and so dude. shop time will be limited. And that's why I want to make sure that stuff is still coming in because I have to justify the amount that I'm paying in rent every month and the machines that I have and everything else. So I can do some of these bigger projects, but it'll be easier if I'm only home for, you know, one week or a week and a half out of the month to be able to pound out some of these quicker kind of grab items. I can pound out five or 10 of them and do a push on those while I'm gone. And then my wife can actually help sand that stuff and stain it and sell some of it as well. So, so not to be too intrusive, but what does she say about you be going 50% of the time? Uh, she actually was for it simply because uh, if I wasn't, no, uh, (laughs) since we have been together for our now 13 years of being together, um, I have been on the road basically minimum 40% of the time every year, except for two and a half of those years. So she's used to me being gone. Um, the, big reason why I'm going to be traveling more is because I am going to have a larger territory, but I was given the option of moving and uh, my family was not real happy about that. And so we are going to stay put, but that means I'm going to have to be on the road more. So I got you. It is what it is. It's all right. Well, it's not forever, right? No, not that I know of. Gotcha. So got to make the sacrifices where we're need. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you'll just. I'm sure you'll do amazing at it. You do amazing at everything. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Wait, uh, yeah. unless the option was to move to Houston. Yeah, or no, or it, or Tampa. It was actually to Dallas, but oh. I did not uh, want to move to Texas. Yeah, boo. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm a larger man. Big people in heat don't mix well. <laughs> you know, I used to, it's funny that you say that. Cause I was thinking about you today. It's been colder here. Like, I mean, it's Tampa, right? And it's like in the forties yeah. when we get up to go to the gym at four in the morning. And I'm like thinking about you and I'm like, you know, when I get home, it's like cold in the house still. It's like 69 degrees inside the house. And I was mm-hmm. so excited when we moved here. Cause our old house, the air conditioner sucked. And the yeah. best we get would be like 74, 72 until like 2 a.m. It might get down to where like 70 where we'd like turn the, the – because I yeah. want to sleep in the cool. And I'm like, I don't like it. Like the house is always cold. Like I'm always cold. I got long pants on in the house. Like I miss it being warm. So I don't know if I could live in a cold climate now that I now that I think about it. But Yeah. Next week I, I actually get to go up to um, both North and South Dakota – Oh. I'm going to be in Grand Forks about 45 minutes from Winnipeg. So Ooh. that's like what, like 10? Uh, on a good day is the high, yeah. Uh, in January, yep. Oh Russ, so, what are your highs right now in Chicago? Uh, today's Chicago. high was about 35. Oh, wow. It's so, really cold. 
man. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, so. I think it, it, it's about like 51 right right now in Houston. Okay. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I will actually be going to the Bears-Packers uh, game at Lambeau this Sunday. So oh, really? I'll be cheering on the Bears up in uh, the hallowed grounds up, up north in the frozen tundra. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. <laughs> Uh, so gentlemen, nice. uh, we're, we're, we're coming up closer to an hour at the moment. And, um, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to see if you guys wanted to jump into a little bit of, uh, you know, some wood of the week and sure. maybe some trivia. Wow. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Wow. For some reason, um, Uh-oh. N- none of the things are playing. So, so got the Y 24 K bug. Yeah. So hey, look, All right. uh, let's do a round Robin. We can each do our best. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 What of the week. All right. So this week's what of the week. And the reason I picked this is because um, uh, I had a guy today come by the shop and he was selling, he was, is a new dealer. Like they sold all kinds of products, like hardwoods and all kinds of laminates and all kinds of neat stuff. And uh, we had also talked about this particular wood in um, last week's, no, the week before is trivia, I think. But this right. week's wood of the week is mahogany. Yeah. Oh, mahogany. Oh, a wood really? that I have only ever cut into, wow. like in an old piece of furniture. Never, I've never bought it raw. Really? Um, yeah, just it's never come up. It just has never come up. But um, mahogany, as it turns out, there's a lot of different types of mahogany, right? Mm-hmm. Honduran, dry zone, Cuban, Santos, African, mountain, swamp, Philippine. Um, and Wait, so I want to learn about the swamp mahogany. I've never so heard I would, of that. And I am going to tell you about the swamp mahogany, actually. Uh, Sapelli, okay. I always heard was like the poor man's mahogany, right? That okay. was like, somebody said that was going to be the new thing because originally, especially Honduran mahogany had been over harvested. And yes. so now if you get it, it comes from like, uh, uh, I forget what they call it. Uh, sustainable plantations. Right. Okay. To protect it. And it's actually not even the same color as that it used to be because of, of where most of the stuff I see is the African mahogany. I don't I don't okay. get a ton of the South Under. American or okay. Asian stuff. I mean, OK. Yeah. All right. Which, uh, so the Sapelli, is that what they would is that what I'm getting whenever I get like the Sipo? Mahogany? I don't I don't know. Uh, okay. It could be. It could oh, be. Yeah. So some of these things aren't really a mahogany, but they still call themselves mahogany. But. Uh, swamp mahogany is eu- eucalyptus robusta. It's from Australia, right? Janka hardness is like Bro, another shrimp on the bobby, right? And it's <laughs> it's pretty like shaded between like a light brown and a red. Like it's like okay. almost a cross between Sapelli. The one that interested me the most actually was this one called mountain mahogany, which is like very rare that you're going to see it. The trees are like all snaky. You're never going to get a big one out of it. But like regular mahogany is only the the Jenka hardness is like around like nine hundred to thirteen hundred. Mountain mm-hmm. mahogany is thirty two hundred. Whoa! So it's like a whole different world of mahogany. Um, and you're basically where, where does the mountain in the stuff mountains, come from? In the mountains, yes. uh, it actually but comes like, from the United States or northern Mexico. Northern Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Rockies really? and Sierra yeah. Nevada. Yeah. Okay. And so if you, I was actually looking through there's a blog at the bottom of this post about it. And there's a this guy that's like up in these mountains, and he took a picture with his kids sitting on one uh, that was kind of like partially dead. 
but the Native Americans used to use it to make bows, like in Wyoming and stuff oh, like okay. that. And, or Greg and, Sherman. Well, mm-hmm. the interesting thing is um, it was – a powwow was held, and this eventually gave Medicine Bow Wyoming its name because of this this mountain. Huh. Yeah, so okay. all kind of little neat things. But mahogany is very interesting. Unfortunately, the past few weeks, I have not had anything to really talk about as far as mahogany as something famous. But, buddy boy, there's some famous stuff that's been made out of mahogany. Number one, number one, uh, the Chippendale furniture. Thomas Chippendale, an 18th century English furniture maker, was renowned for his use of mahogany. Uh, His designs designs set the standard for high-end furniture. Uh, The Resolute Desk. In the yeah. whole office was made. Nicholas Cage was playing with that. That's right. Uh, it was a, a, a gift from Queen Victoria. Um, historic ships, uh, the USS Constitution, made a lot of wasn't, it was made. Wasn't with, the second resolution a resolute desk made out of the boat from or the wood from that boat? Yes. Yes. There you go. Uh, and then um, many historic homes, uh, the Victorian area. Victorian eras and Georgian eras, uh, hmm. the, like staircases and paneling, mahogany, and Gibson Les Paul guitars uh, yeah. are known for their mahogany bodies. Yeah, yes, so, they are. Yeah, mahogany is it. It is it is beautiful. Just really you left you, you left one off, man. What uh, was that? Ron Burgundy's apartment. <laughs> it, it, it smells, smells of, of rich mahogany. mahogany. This is true. Mm-hmm. This he is true. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, um, Courthouses still mahogany paneling still in them. Really? Yeah. So uh, oh, I think that uh, mahogany will always kind of be a a feeling of like richness and like high end. Uh, it just always has been. Yeah. So yeah, yeah mahogany's pretty pretty stinking interesting. I oh, I would I like I'm it. interested to buy it because the prices of it have come down some, uh, and. I, I just somebody has well, to want it. Which one are you looking to buy when you're checking the prices? There's a guy on Facebook that gets imported stuff, and he's in Sarasota, and he he sends me stuff once in a while because I asked him about something one time, and he's selling things like mahogany and sapelli for like six and eight dollars a board foot. That's pretty good, and I, yeah. I can actually see it before I buy it. Like he has pictures of the of the stuff, and he'll get like you know three or four thousand board feet. And um, it's all dried and everything. And uh, I don't know. I, I He had some mahogany the other day. I don't know. Somebody's going to have to want it, right? Like, I'm not just yeah. going to go buy it to have it. Like, maple yeah. and oak is one thing, but. I, I feel like a lot of people are going away from the red yeah. like, in, in their furniture. Like, yes. they, they, they want more, like, like black and gray kind of features. Yes. And mahogany, oftentimes, especially if it's African mahogany, it's very, like, deep red, like, almost burgundy yeah, kind mm-hmm. of color. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's another one of these that's uh, that I had never heard of. It's called Dry Zone Mahogany. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Called, like a... It's called African Mahogany, Senegal yeah. Mahogany. And that's the one that oh. most people are used to seeing. Um, mm-hmm. It's around 13 or 50 on the Jenka, so it's pretty tough. And it's just not very available. It says dry zone mahogany in particular isn't as readily available as the other species exported and sold as African mahogany. So hmm. it sounds like there's a lot of like overlap with what people call things versus what it really is. 
Yeah, oh. because you might call it African mahogany, but really it's dry zone mahogany or Senegal mahogany. But just because it comes from Africa, they'll call it African mahogany, um, which is like its own thing. So, well, anyway, I, I feel like mahogany is one of the most like like uh, broad woods. Like you, could, there's mahoganies from like every country almost. It, it feels like yes. and, and there's all yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. and, and one thing that I read about this, it said that there is 700 – here's right here. There is uh, 50 genera and 700 species in the hmm. mahogany family derived from the Melia genus, if you want to hmm. get really fancy with it. Right. So anything that's actual mahogany that comes from that Melia genus, um, there's a lot. And they're all over the world. So, anyway, that's the word of the week, right Mahogany. Nice. Thank you. You're very Do you welcome. have any trivia to go along with, said? I do have some trivia to go along with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, I was... Said I'll get on out that knowledge because it's <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, some of these we already kind of talked about. And I have just a little bit of background about each question in case anybody has any questions. So... All right. Um, there we go. So today's uh, trivia is about famous pieces of furniture made in the United States. The top like 10 uh, ones. All right. All right. Top 10. These are multiple choice this week. Wow. All right. Okay. And uh, we'll just go round robin. All right. We'll start okay. with one of you go to the other. So Ross, we'll start with you this week. Since um, speaking of which, you can do the podcast from on the road, I guess, huh? Bless your heart. I, I've done it on the road many a time. Yeah, Bless he, your heart. he has. He has it on the road a lot. Yeah, Bless your heart. All right. Uh, question number one. And edited on the road too. On this <laughs> what is the oh, famous boy. desk in the Oval Office of the White House known as? Do you need? We the- were just talking about this. It's yes, the Resolute Desk. That is correct. The Resolute Desk was gifted by Queen Victoria in 1880, made from the timbers of the British ship HMS Resolute. Right. Um, it is made from the timbers of the ship. It's been used by several predators. Presidents, the desk features a unique panel added by Franklin D. Roosevelt to hide his leg braces. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. Was he a polio or something? Okay. He did have polio. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Marco, polio. Uh, polio. All right. <laughs> Question number two is for Colt Dog. Yeah. Who designed the iconic Eames lounge chair? Was it Frank Lloyd Wright? Charles and Ray Eames, George Nakashima, or Florence Knoll? I'm going to go with a Bravo Eames. Charles and Ray Eames. That is right. Designed by Charles and Ray Eames is a classic example of mid-century modern design. If you guys have not seen this chair, as soon as you type it in, you'll be like, oh, I've seen that chair. And it's been reproduced yeah. like a million zillion of them. Um, hmm. The Eaves uh, rounds chair... Uh, it was created by Herman Miller Furniture Company. It was intended to be a modern version of the tradition, traditional English club chair. And it's really quite a beautiful chair. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. That's the chair I sit in when I'm at my club. That's no. right. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> all right. 
Question number three for Ross. The famous Falling Water House by Frank Lloyd Wright included furniture mm-hmm. pieces designed by whom? Ooh, it's a tricky one. Is it Eero Saarinen, Wright himself, Isamu Noguchi, or Hans Wegner? Hans Wegner. That is incorrect. It was designed by Wright himself. Oh. The Falling Water House, completed in 1935, featured furniture designed by Frank Lloyd Wright himself. What um, town is that in? The Falling Water House? See, of course you would ask me that. Because uh, I, I don't know if that's the one closest to me. I know there's like three or four, not literally within like 20 minutes of where I live. Uh, but there's also some in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and some other places. So I wasn't sure which which location it was. Which locale? 1491 Mill Run Road, Mill Run, Pennsylvania, 15464. Yeah, that's not close to me. No, that is not yours. No. Uh, but... Uh, what was I saying about it? Oh, I lost that. You got me on the wrong page. Oh. Um, it was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright himself. H- yes. His holistic approach to design meant that the furniture often reflected the architectural style of the house, creating a seamless blend of interior and exterior elements. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number four wow. for Colton. Wow. What material is the George Nakashima Conoid bench primarily made of. Is it metal, plastic, American black walnut, or fiberglass? Ooh. Is, is this a trick question? George Nakashima Conoid bench, that's spelled C O N O I D, Conoid bench, primarily made of metal, plastic, American black walnut, or fiberglass? Before I answer, Ross, do you know this answer? Not a clue. Oh, I'm going to go. By the way, you need to Google this after we're done with this question because it's gorgeous. Oh. Gorgeous. Yeah, not at all what like I thought it was Shiny metal be. or because it's fiberglass? Why was it gorgeous? Okay, uh, I'm going to go with only what answer, uh, Charlie. That is correct. It is made from American Black Walnut. The coining bench by American woodworker George Nakashima showcases his signature style of organic, naturalistic, there you go, naturalistic design, typically made from American Black Walnut. Each piece created by Nakashima celebrated the natural form and grain of the wood. So Ross Mm -hmm. just showed the picture of it on his phone, and I was not expecting that. It's literally just a slab with with like a back. Right, yeah, super, I, I, I was expecting like something like. But he was before his time when he did that. Uh, is yeah. it? Didn't he? Didn't Nakashima do the bow ties? Yes, he was the first one that started incorporating bow ties. Right, as like I mean, a, the Egyptians were, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like as like a as like a not just like a, a functional thing, but a functional and like a showcase part of the yes, of the a piece. decorative piece. Yes. Yeah, decorative piece. Okay, question number five for Ross. The, the famous Barcelona chair was designed for which historic event? The Chicago World's Fair, the Barcelona Exposition, the Paris Exposition, or the New York World's Fair? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's the one with the name of it in <laughs> The chair. So the Barcelona Exposition. That is correct. Uh, okay. The Barcelona chair designed by Ludwig Miles van der Rohe and Lily Reich 
for the 1929 Barcelona International Exposition. Uh, interesting they don't do thing World's that I noticed. Fairs like they used to, though. Well, the one thing I noticed about all, a lot of these questions, like these people have done famous things, none of them were like there. A lot of them were from a different descent, from a different country. Yes, Frank Lloyd Wright was from here, but the rest of them have all been from other parts of the world. Yeah, right. And if you notice, a lot of it happened in the 50s and the 60s, and these were a lot of people that were artists that came out of some uh, some other nations that might have fought on the other side uh, or even in some of our allies' side during World War II, and they came here after that to get away from whatever oppression might have been in their homeland for artists. I gotcha. Okay, this question is for uh, Colton. Uh, Ross, I want you to look this up. This is the uh, – hang on, wait a second. Oh, no, wait. No, that's is- the one I want you to look up, the Barcelona chair. You should look that up. Oh, that's okay. my favorite chair. Like I want one of those office chairs like in the bent plywood and the, and the leather and the metal. Oh, it's so pretty. Anyway, okay, question number six. This is for you, Colton. Uh oh oh oh! Which designer is known for the tulip table and chairs? Is it A. Le Corbusier? Is it B. Marcel Brewer? Is it C. Eero Saarinen? Or is it D. Arne Jacobson? Well, I know all the all four of those guys very personally, but I'm gonna go celebrate their entire catalog. Talked, yeah. I think we've talked about Eero Saarinen, Marcel Brewer, and Arne Jacobson in other trivia ones, but yeah, wait, Brewer was Bravo, right? Marcel Brewer was B. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Bravo. That is incorrect. It is ah. Eero Saarinen. Uh, Eero Saarinen, also famous for his modernist designs, including the tulip table chairs. In the mid twentieth century, you know um, who makes a lot of uh, tulip style uh, tables is Cam from Black uh, yes. Blacktail Studios. Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he makes like them tulip all. pedestal. Yeah, tables. Yeah, he carves them. It's it's uh they're really really beautiful. So mm-hmm. uh, it basically, for our listeners, the tulip table and chairs are famous for their unique pedestal base. It was uh, his aim to reduce the clutter of legs seen in conventional furniture designs. So yeah. I, I particularly like them. I think they're really pretty. So They're great until somebody has to lean on a table to stand up and then they, everybody's wearing <laughs> this is This is true. You do have to, they are a little tricky. All yeah. right. You don't want to have that with elderly people in the house. Uh-huh. All right. Question number seven. This is for Ross. That's what me. is the main feature of the Noguchi table? Is it A, extendable sides, B, a glass top, C, hidden drawers, or D, a folding mechanism? I'm going to say a folding mechanism, D. That is incorrect. It is a glass top. The Mm. Noguchi table was designed by Isamu Noguchi in 1947. Common spelling? uh, N-O-G-U-C-H-I, Isamu. Isamu is I-S-A-M-U, and it features a unique biomorphic glass top and a wooden base that consists of two identical curved wood pieces. It's a blend of art and practical design. Yeah. So, oh, oh, beautiful. There we go. It's gorgeous. I see it now. 
Yeah. It's uh it's interesting looking. I love Not that. Not gonna lie. Stuff. Uh very, very modern. Um but yeah, you know, that works. If that's if you guys live in Miami and potentially like to partake in white powdered substances <laughs> off of the table. It comes with razor blades. That blade. is a great one for It comes it. with a ra- yeah. used razor blade slot. Yeah. Yep. All right. And a rolled up dollar bill. <laughs> Question number eight. Who designed the wishbone chair, a staple of modern Danish design? This is for you, Colton. Is it mm-hmm. Finn Jewel Borg Morgensen? Arne Jacobson or Hans Wagner. I'll read them again. I'm sorry. Finn Jewel, Borg, Borge, Morgans, Mogensen, Arne Jacobson or Hans Wagner. Hans. Designed in 1949. Let's go with Charlie. Arne Jacobson's your final answer? Yep. That is incorrect. It is Hans Wigner. Mm. Uh, it was an icon of Danish design. Uh, it's, it's filled known with for cream its lightweight and a chocolate cover. It's known for its lightweight sculptural shape and distinctive Y-shaped back. So, mm. uh, you know also, what? you want to pull at this that point, one whenever you ask if it's my final chair. answer, I should just. Say no. I should just change <laughs> my answer. Oh, yeah. No, I will. I will f with you, dude. Do not do that. If you pick it, I'll still ask uh, you that. Yeah, uh, I was hoping for some uh, a Danish sounding name. Whenever you said those, and I said Hans Wagner. Which Hans Wagner? That's not Danish. I, I realized that I don't know what Danish stuff sounds like. You know, so it's to be like mm-hmm. cheese filling or. Strawberry filling? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question number nine. This is for you, uh, Rastafarian. The Wassily chair. W-A-S-S-I-L-Y chair. One of the first chairs made of tubular steel was designed by A, Marcel Brewer, D, Ludwig, Mies, Van der Rohe, C, Garrett, Reitfeld, or D, Alvar Aalto. Bravo. Louis Vandero. Ludwig. Ludwig Mies, Vandero. Yeah. Ludwig Mies Vandero. Uh, that is incorrect. Oh, the well. Wassily chair was by Marcel Brewer, designed in 1925 to 1926. It was one of the first chairs to use tubular steel as a material inspired by the frame of a bicycle. Hmm. All right, and we're. I have a question for you. Yes, what is the most used bed in the United States? And the answer is your mother's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mother's a whore, Trebek. All right, so that one. Last question, Colton. This one's for you, buddy. You ready? Oh yeah. Close this out. Let's get it, baby. What is the primary material used in the making of the famous? Platner armchair. Well, arm, is it, is it A, wood? Yeah, clearly. B, aluminum. C, stainless steel. Or D, carbon fiber. A, wood? Is that your final no. answer? No, Charlie. Whatever that was. Oh, you're, you're cheating, dude. You can't do that. 
He hasn't gotten any decent <laughs> questions. You've literally given him all the like. You gave me two of them where the people's name was the the like. Well, I I can't help answer. Out, out. I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that. Wait wait wait. Well, is C the right answer? Yes, yeah, C is the right answer. <laughs> Stainless steel. That is right. Give me that uh, Monopoly money, baby. The Platner oh, yeah. armchair designed oh, yeah. by Warren Platner in 1966 is notable for its use of curved steel rods. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last little note about it. Uh, part uh, Capture the decorative, gentle, graceful shapes that were beginning to infiltrate the modern vocabulary. The chair is made by welding curved steel rods to circular and semicircular frames, simultaneously serving as structure and ornament. Now, what I will Ooh. say to everyone that was listening to this, um, if you are looking for inspiration for a piece that you are wanting to make or you don't even know what you want to make, but you want to make a piece of furniture – uh, take some of these names down of these specific pieces of furniture because these are pieces of furniture that inspired decades of furniture. I mean, if somebody wants to rip it off, it's pretty good, right? So, and yeah. they're still making these designs today. I, well, not the Resolute desk, so, but really. My question on any of these pieces of furniture, other than the desk, because it's a desk. How comfortable were any of these chairs? I will tell you that the Barcelona uh, one is pretty stinking comfortable. Okay. Uh, Because a lot of the other ones that I looked up looked very much like they were fashion over function. And you'd sit down, and I feel like if you had one of these chairs, it would serve two purposes. Number one, you would have it and be like, look at my very fancy architecturally sound chair and, but don't sit in it's it. a very specific yeah you know, yeah but then number two you'd sit in and be like this is very uncomfortable yes. i'm going to get up and be very productive yes. yes well they were trying to i mean you gotta imagine most of this stuff is between in the 20s the 50s the 60s uh they everything looked think about regular furniture that people bought oh right? i know it was boring. oh it's totally off the wall right but, so they were trying to break new grounds and people that break ground it's you know it 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 was still missing something right it wasn't like so a, it was more like a I can piece. attest I know this is not the same but couches my wife loves architecture loves design loves all that kind of stuff and so she randomly I I will come home and she's like oh we have a new couch and I'm like what's wrong <laughs> with the old couch she's like I didn't like it anymore it didn't fit my vibe and I'm like I don't know what that means the old couch was comfy but I came home one day and she's like, I got this mid-century modern couch. It's unbelievable. Oh, no. It looks so fun. It looks great. Number one, it was tiny. She did not measure anything before she bought it. <laughs> Number two, it was one of the most uncomfortable pieces yes, I've ever sat on. Absolutely. And I will say oh, my productivity was through the roof when we had that couch because I didn't want to sit on it at all. I was like, I got maybe 20 minutes. And then I'm up and I'm doing something else. Since then, we got one of this, this massive sectional that you sink into. And if you sit on it, you're not You'll getting get up. up. Yeah. My productivity has come down quite a bit <laughs> if I ever sit down on that. So, so I will have to. Uh, 
a hundred percent second what you're saying, Ross, because so me and my wife, she, I had some old like leather ones that I had bought from some dude on Facebook and she didn't have any couches. So when we got married, I got rid of those and we're like, we're going to go buy brand new couches. So we went to mm-hmm. Ashley furniture and I was like, I want a couch that's like oversized. I want to sit in it and just like, I almost like disappear. You just see like, like yeah. this, what I sit in it. I, and I'm this serious. Yeah. And she's like, yes. And so we went to the girl and I was like, I want a squishy, soft, eat you up couch. And she's like, I got it. And she took us over to this one. Now I didn't particularly like, I wouldn't have picked it. Yeah. But I sat in it and I was like, Oh, Dang, this is oh, yeah. like this is yeah, this is nice. Like this that, is like that, that, a that's one you on have crack. right now, right? Yes, yes. yes. I, I I I can confirm that you do sink into that couch. Well, it's kind of worn down. You are about thirty so percent less productive once you sit <laughs> in that couch. Oh my! And God. I saw a lot of couches that I really yeah. liked, but and and I would even spend more money, but I couldn't find anything that was as comfortable for, as that was. Yeah. yeah. So I will say yeah. you kind of lose a little bit of uh, wear. The fashion starts well. You do lose a little fashion, and it does like break down quicker because it's not as firm, right? So Correct. it's kind of starting to wear out. But yeah, it, it is. It is, it's what you're picking, right? Is it, yeah. are you picking form over function? So, yeah. Yeah. And Man, on that I, note, I, I'm, I'm function, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to, <laughs> like, I've gotten to the point in my life where I don't sit on a couch much, but when I do, I want to be able to enjoy it. So, you want to, you yeah. want to risk falling asleep and missing a flight that it's so comfortable. <laughs> and you That's right. It, you just pass out. Have you no. seen the Lazy Boy yeah. commercials? It's funny you like, say that. My, our couches get... aren't that comfy. <laughs> oh. And did you guys see the Lazy Boy commercials? Probably one of my favorite commercials ever made. And they're it? like, oh, look, it's a dentist chair. And they're like, man, this is comfortable. Like, yeah, it's Lazy Boy. He goes, <laughs> and he falls asleep. And the guy, and he cuts his head. And then they like do it in these cars. And they're like, man, these cars, these seats in this car are comfortable. Like, yeah, the Lazy Boy. Like, <laughs> and people fall asleep. And they're like, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. So yeah, I, it's like I have not seen those. No, those I, are really Lazy Boy commercials. Look them up; they're really good. Yeah, just I missed them. What you should do uh, is look up ten years ago uh, this week. There was a Kmart commercial that came out. You shipped your pants? About, yeah, I just shipped my I shipped my pants. <laughs> I just shipped. I just shipped my drawers. <laughs> I just shipped my bed. It's kind of like the like the the big gas truck. Mm-hmm. The big gas yep. man. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's too good. Uh, Oh, man. All right. Well, it is, uh, it's about that time where we start talking about sitting on a comfy couch and enjoying some libations. Whoa. Colton? Whoa. 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 Whiskey of the week. <laughs> yeah. So, the whiskey of the week for last week, we went to a classic, to a staple mm. that calls its home. It, it hails from Canada, but its biggest market is actually the great state of Texas. So, Colton? I know you were able to procure this one. <laughs> Did I, it dandy. I could have the almost Crown procured Royal. this one at Walmart, <clears throat> even though they don't sell liquor at Walmart here. But um, yes, I was able to procure. Okay. And um, what were your thoughts of it, having tasted all these other whiskeys over the past few weeks, coming back to an old staple like Crown Royal? Yeah. So... At the have, end, have we ruined you? At the end, yes. Um, at the end of, 
Oh, whenever you were introducing this whiskey, this uh, Crown Royal, as mm-hmm. the whiskey of the week last week, and um, you, you, you presented it with such pizzazz, I was hoping and wishing, I was like, man, yeah, I can't wait to try Crown Royal again and see if I have a new light on it. But honestly, man, no, I, I didn't. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's... Like, yes, on the front, it's Canadian whiskey, right? So it's sweeter. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit of caramel, a little bit of vanilla. And, yep. but like, that's about it. It, it. It's a good whiskey to get you drunk. And that's about it, man, in my opinion. Yep. In my humble opinion, it, uh, I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. Um, okay. And I did try to overdo on the cocktail, but so I actually went with, I don't know if Canadians will own up to this cocktail, but uh, I went with what's called the Canadian cocktail, according to the internet, according to Google. Okay. This is the Canadian cocktail, and it's got a little bit of orange with the the Cointreau and a little bit of lemon, a little bit of uh, simple syrup, a little bit of bitters. And I went with the uh, uh, Angostura bitters on this one. Yep. And it ended up just being Did you like stir a, it with a hockey stick or a skate blade or something. <laughs> should have. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. Um, no, but it uh, ended up just being a sweet cocktail. Like yeah. I, I, I followed it pretty pretty well to it to the guidelines of this cocktail. It, Oh, on a side note, uh, liquor.com has a lot of really good cocktails on there. But yep. um, I even went a little boozy forward, like um, tried to cut out. I did a little bit less than, than the mark on all the sweet stuff. And it was still okay. still ended up really sweet. And yeah. um, I mean, like it wasn't a bad cocktail. Like, no, it's a lemonade that does it. The lemon? It's a yeah, the lemon you put in there. Yeah, well, so... I thought you said you had lemonade, right? No, Or lemon. just straight lemon. Okay. The lemon. Oh, well, yeah. Well, Cointreau well, and simple syrup is sweet. Yes. Yeah. Well, and even everything in it is sweet, except for the lemon. Well, Because the, the lemon, I did like a... Um, oh, Crystal's got this uh, organic uh, stuff she's using with her stuff. Uh, but it, it, it's just like a straight lemon. So that was like the only thing that wasn't sweet in it, honestly. Have you ever done a maple syrup old fashioned? Yeah. Where you use maple syrup instead of the the simple syrup? Yeah, we did that for uh, another, uh, the last Canadian whiskey we had. Which, yeah. which, that was actually another thing I was going to say. Is so like I, I made this cocktail and uh, I tried it and it was all right. And then I added a dash of maple syrup. And um, I, I got Crystal to get some more of that uh, that organic maple syrup that she had before, mm-hmm. and uh, it got it, it was an interesting concept. But okay, but yeah, it, okay. It, it was good though. Uh, I mean, it was all right, but it um. But, <laughs> well, but I'm really, glad to see so, that I've ruined you. Yeah, I, I don't know. To wrap it up, oh, also, uh, my. Uh, Father-in-law just stepped in the room. Hey, what's up, Zoe? <laughs> How's it going? I can't hear going? you because you had the earphones. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but uh, th- this, this is Larry. 
Um, hey, Larry. So to wrap up this uh, cocktail, to kind of personify it, if you will, um, or actually not, not not the cocktail, but the uh, uh, Crown Royal itself is uh, it's kind of like it, it reminds me of Mama, but not my Mama. Um, <laughs> I had a horse named Mama, right? Uh, back in the cab <laughs> when I was in the uh, person amount of cab at AM. and uh, right. just like old faithful, right? Like she's gonna, she's gonna react to you well whenever you um, pull on her reins, and <laughs> she does her job, but uh, nothing special. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can we get yeah. on like well, live where I can hear things? Yeah. Dude, here, here you go. Here you go. No, no. Let's yeah. Volume. So we can all hear the same thing. Uh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that? No. You can't no. do that up. Uh, so, yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Larry. <laughs> Hi, Larry. Oh? <laughs> Good to have you here. So, Give me the back. Give me the What? Sorry. <laughs> okay, so the uh, the whiskey of the week going forward. And I'm sorry that I've ruined you now, and and you no longer appreciate your old staples. Well, um, well not yet, but, not yet. Uh, well, okay, I, I I do still appreciate it. It, it has its yeah. place at, at at an open bar. Okay, that's fair. All right, so the whiskey of the week going forward into uh, next week is Booker's. And oh, Booker's is made by the Jim Beam Distillery. And it yeah. typically comes out right around 120 proof. I believe the wow. most recent batch is 124 in change. Oh. So it's going to be high octane. But I want you to taste it because it is one of the, what's seen as kind of the classic whiskeys moving forward. Uh, Booker's is one of the classic whiskeys that's been around for a number of years. A lot of people see it in the top 10 to 15 echelon as far as what whiskeys you should try. And if you haven't had Booker's, it's definitely on the list. So that's what we're going for for Whiskey of the Week for next week. 10 4. You saying just like the standard Booker's? Like, is that with like a standard Booker's? Which one? Uh, the standard Booker's, there is no age statement on it. It's typically around a six year old. Okay. Um, cool. But it's uh, pretty solid. Perfect. Hell so, yeah, dude. I, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I, yeah. I remember one time I had a on a date um i had a 30 years booker but um that so was, they release one called little expensive. book every year and that's kind of the the one that all the whiskey aficionados search for uh but i'm not going to make you chase little book pricing so thank you standard bookers should be sufficient that's a big 10 four good buddy all right very good all right, so uh, we're we're coming up on an hour and a half here, so it's about time that we share a nugget and uh, send this one out into the stratosphere. Yeah, that's right. So, do we have a nugget we want to share? I got mine, man. I got one. If if you if you guys need a second, oh, you, you go ahead, go for it. All right, so uh, mine somehow in all the woodworking I've never done or uh, woodworking I've done, I have never made a shooting board. And for those of you who don't know. A shooting board is something uh, that you create to be able to uh, true up the sides of either short or longer boards, but you use your hand plane. And the idea is uh, rather than using power tools before people had them, they would use a short shooting board for jointing, if you will. Uh, the reason I made it is because I had made some very small pieces that I needed to square up and doing it on my chop saw 
almost had me losing a finger. And I was like, okay, it's Got time to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's time to do this correctly. So, um, I made a shooting board and it literally within, it took, probably took me 10 minutes to make it. And within five minutes of making it, I had all the pieces totally trued up, squared up, sized up. And I don't know how I didn't make one before, mm-hmm. but it is my nugget to everybody out there. Look up a simple shooting board on YouTube it is one of the easiest things you can make for your shop, and it is one of the easiest ways to improve your overall woodworking huh. with hand tools. I've never heard of it. The, uh, <laughs> what, that, that was the, uh, the, the a small square piece that was a reel yeah. of yours recently, right? Mm-hmm. Where you That was yep. well done. I, I, I've never seen Thank something you. done like that, man. You, you nailed that. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Everyone should go check it out <laughs> on, on yeah. your Instagram. Yeah. Dude, my nugget this week is uh, this this finger right here. So um, band aid is that one of your finger condoms? No. So um, I tried to use. Well, I actually had it pulled out of the package, ready to use, like uh, one of those uh, triathlon band aids. Yeah, that, that have been in my nuggets before, but my finger was bleeding too much, and so we had to use gauze and then this uh, stretchy athletic tape. To yep. really cover it up. And, Stop uh, the bleeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so my nugget is to just remember that razor blades are really sharp. And remember that. Have a first it, aid kit in your shop. <laughs> but, which I, I still don't do that because I can still always walk to our bathroom first aid shop. And a Band-Aid. Okay. Yep. But, um it's just that razor blades are really sharp. And re- remember if your razor blade does happen to break through whatever you're cutting through, that your finger's not in the way and keep your finger. That's a good out idea. The way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the main good, thing. Keep your finger a, out of the way. Yeah. That's a good. Yep. When, I like you, it. when you use a razor blade, don't use it towards yourself. Backwards. That's right. Yep. Yeah, use right. it away from yourself and right. make sure that there's not a finger sticking up in the way right yeah that's yeah. what happened always, to me today yeah. always the opposite of your finger yes yes, yes. that's okay that's that's a, the razor blades yeah that's a good idea yeah they are f-ing sharp <laughs> <laughs> well said buddy. <laughs> i mean I, I mean i got cuts all over me from i'm i'm an auto body man okay yeah yeah, so razors are sharp, so stay away from them. Yeah. Okay. All right. My nugget is um, never be afraid to try something new. No. Never no. be afraid yeah. to try something new. Should Give it your best shot, uh, and, you know, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Maybe you got to tweak it a little bit. Um, but... You never, you never know, like, for instance, you and the shooting board, right? Or like yep. me and the bandsaw. Like, the bandsaw thing didn't work out. It's okay. I still tried it. I also got it set up now, though. So, like, if I want to resaw something else, I can. That's just not so big. Yep. Like, there's a lot of things that you learn just by failing at something and it not working for that, but it's going to work for something else. So, yep. always never be afraid to try something new. That's my nugget like for 2024, yeah, in, 2024 in general. I love that. Stay, yeah. stay away from chainsaws. Yeah, stay away from chainsaws and razors are sharp. Yep. 
That's right. <laughs> Chainsaws, shit like that will fuck you up. <laughs> mm-hmm. They they sure can. That <laughs> is correct. I, I, yeah, I cut my left foot off almost with a chainsaw. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, that is not good. You know, so stay away from that. Shit. All right. Well, I think that is a fantastic time to uh, start to wrap things up. So to all the listeners out there, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed every second of it. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our extreme weight loss prone legal representation at Kotli Ma and Associates, where their motto is, we'll steal your heart and wear it on our sleeve to get you on our table. <laughs> for Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you all next time. Woo! See ya. Y'all have a good night. See ya. <laughs>